0: but I was claimed by this is what you should be doing. Um, And I wouldn't change it for the world um, right now. Um, And it's difficult for some people to hear me say some things because I often say I wouldn't change anything that I went through either.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three of Invest in Yourself, the digital entrepreneur podcast. I'm of course, Phil better. And this season is presented to you by Unicorn Incubator. Unicorn is the largest rural incubator accelerator of its kind in the world. Located in southwestern France, Sola, its mission is to give entrepreneurs and their families their lives back while helping them build game-changing technology startups. Startups in the company are provided with a complete ecosystem for success, with direct access to proven funding sources, top-notch legal and accounting representation, access to the world's most generous business incentives, and most importantly, a dedicated sales and marketing accelerator that will put a startup's product or service on the fast track to success. Welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the digital entrepreneur podcast. I'm of course your host with Most Feel Better. And today we're investing in Dean Fox, the code cracking coach. Dean is an entrepreneurial coach who has helped hundreds of fellow entrepreneurs and business owners achieve their goals in only 45 days. We get to talking about his journey from being a national sales manager, owner of a multi six-figure property business, to the car crash that changed his life and to where he's going now. This is an amazing conversation that I have. I'm so happy I had a chance to talk with Dean. Um, Here's a little bit more about him. Uh, In 2017, Dean had been a national sales manager for a major company and built a multi six-figure property business, but just a a few years later, he lost the business, was bankrupt, almost killed in a car accident, and contemplating suicide. By immersing himself in personal development over the last decade, Dean is now a leading international mind performance coach, trainer, consultant, and speaker. Dean uses his own personal experience and the unique Crack the Code program to help entrepreneurs and business owners end procrastination, perfectionism, fear of public speaking, and fear of rejection permanently in 45 days or less so they can can take inspired action to achieve all their goals and dreams. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dean Fox. Dean, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being a a guest. Um, Before we start, do you want to just give your quick elevator pitch about who you are to my audience so that they uh, know who we're listening to today?
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, it's always a pleasure to to be here and share some some of my story. Um, So I'm effectively a performance coach and a mindset strategist. So I work with business owners and entrepreneurs. I help them overcome what I believe are the four key Um, issues that most business owners and entrepreneurs face in terms of getting where they want to be. And that's procrastination, perfectionism, fear of public speaking and fear of rejection. Um, And we have a program that allows them to do that in less than 45 days, uh, working alongside myself. So um, that's our focus right now in terms of what we do to help people
1: get where they want to be. I love it because uh, I don't fear of public speaking is uh, a lot of people's and a lot of business owners, they, uh, they have that fear. And as a podcaster, I don't really because I'm on a daily basis <laughs> public speaking. So I've lost that fear many years ago, but I love that you're helping uh, entrepreneurs and business owners crush that fear because I think it's uh, one that's holding a lot of people back from reaching their full potential and sharing the knowledge they have.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, I'm a big believer in that every, everyone has a story. We all have a story within us and our story is not for us. The story is for other people. It's designed to help other people. Um, you know, something I learned over the last few years in particular. And so, you know, when people struggle to be able to share that, they're not, they're not being of service. They're not being able to, to provide
1: that value to other people. So true. Yeah. Cause, um, they, they lose out we, every, not just them, but everybody else loses out from their knowledge because, Knowledge is now easily accessible for everybody and easy to share either through, you know, uh, blogging, podcasting, YouTube, public speaking, which you offer. So it's great that you're actually helping these people, uh, business owners, and entrepreneurs crush those goals so that they can be uh, part of the history.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, it's, it, it's something that I'm 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 uh, I'm really passionate about. You know, the four key things for me, um, just based on my own experience of working with other entrepreneurs, is, you know, they're the biggest things that I struggled with, um, but they're also the ones that come up time and time again when I'm working with people. Um, you know, most of my referrals come from people who um, have have experienced that themselves, uh, overcome it, and then you know, met somebody else or, or referred me to someone else they know is struggling with it as well.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's the perfect word of mouth. Uh, marketing is still the most powerful marketing. And, you know, you don't have to spend billions of dollars to market yourself. Otherwise, just keep helping one person and they'll keep bringing back people to you. And sooner or later, you'll be the person in, uh, you know, ending either public speaking, perfectionism, which I have I'm still dealing with myself, you know, because grew up in the world of the generation of it has to be perfect, you have to get perfect marks, perfect everything, so yeah, that's something I'm uh, battling with uh, already, and uh, getting better, you know, getting better, but it's it's good to know that there's someone if I had known, I would have been able to take your course, and maybe I will because it's still uh, still extra tools in my my uh, toolcase.
0: yeah, for sure,
1: yeah. Um, so it, originally back uh, I'm reading a bit of your bio here because I'm, I'm smart that way keep the bio fresh so that you have the questions it says you were part you you started off as a national sales manager for yeah. a major uh, a major corporation and what was that like like because you ended up having like a, a big loss like a, a downward seemed like a downward. Spiral. I'm guessing just after the market crashed, what was it like? Like, what lessons did you learn that able to show that you could kick the door and come back even better?
0: Yeah, I think that you know there was there's a number of things. I my my career um, in the corporate world, I, ha- I developed what I call this when then mentality. So I was always looking for you know when I've achieved this, then I'll then I'll feel successful. Then I'll feel good enough. Then I'll be able to prove to people. Um, you know, that I am good enough. Um, but it never, it never happened, you know? So whenever I achieved something, I then didn't feel any different and it would be like, okay, well, well, it must be this then I must go need to go and do this. So you just kind of keep moving forward. And I'd had a good career. So from the outside, people would say, oh, you know, you've, you've got, a, an, you know, you've got a good, uh, a good sales position. You've got a company car expense accounts, nice home, but I never really felt like, um, uh, I was fulfilled. I never felt like that was what I should be doing. It was always, well, there must be something else. Um, And so in the early 2000s, I made the decision that, you know, my next when, if you like, my next when then was, well, if I could, if I left the corporate world and I did this for myself, so if I became an entrepreneur, I went into business and I became successful myself, then I'd prove that I was successful, that I was good enough. So that's, that was my next win. So I left the corporate world in the early 2000s. My wife and I set up a, a property development and investment company in the UK, so a real estate business. And um, we grew that over about a six-year period um, to multi-six figures. Um, it, was, it was growing really well. We had you know, ambitions to make it into a seven-figure business and beyond. And, um, uh, and then 2008 happened. Um, I don't think anybody foresaw the the shift that that would make um, in the same way that we've, you know, over the last 12, 14 months, I don't think anybody foresaw the shift that that would make either. Um, And so there's a lot of kind of similarities between what I went through then and and lessons I've learned for this time around almost. Um, But during that period, you know, the whole world changed from a financial perspective. So, you know, our strategies, the processes we used, um, they all changed overnight. So, you know, our model didn't work from one day to the next. But then also, you know, you know we were put under real pressure by some of the financial institutions because lots of them just withdrew from the market. Um, that left us in, you know, difficulties with um, ongoing projects and, and finances. Um, and so over the course of 2009, we ended up losing that business. Um, and I made a decision at the end of 2009 that, um, in order to kind of get through things to ride the storm and see it out, I'd go back into the corporate world. So I'd said to my wife, Look, I think the plan is I'll just go and get a job again. Um, it might not be where at the level I was before, but I could probably get a sales job that will see us through and we'll see what happens, you know, for the next few years. Mm-hmm. And that was my plan. That's what we planned to do. So I started in early 2010 to look for opportunities. And then in March of 2010, uh, my wife, myself, and my youngest son. Um, we were almost killed in a car accident.
1: That's, that's um, was, a big event. <laughs>
0: yes, it is. And it was a fairly serious accident. You know, it, it, um, The road we were traveling on, they closed that road for five hours. Um, it took just over two hours to cut us from the car. Um, we were traveling in. My youngest son, he was airlifted to the hospital because they thought he was going to lose a leg. Um, and, and that did a number of things. So obviously it prepared to me going back into the corporate world for a period of time. So I had several months of, uh, recovery physically. Um, but that also added more financial pressure to us. You know, I wasn't working, my wife wasn't working. Um, the business had gone, still had outgoings for a home and a family. <laughs> um, and despite the fact that, you know, we had a lot of support from, from friends and family, you know, it's not a never ending money tree that you, people can just provide from.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, you know, the two things had to happen. We made some really difficult decisions. So I promised the family that we wouldn't lose our home. So one of the things that we, we did as part of the business we had was to build our own home. And I, I said to them, we wouldn't lose that. And so I took some advice and said, you know, this is, I, I need to keep this. What are my options? And it ultimately transpired that the only way we would be able to do that would be effectively to lose everything else. Um, and so that's what happened. We lost everything else. Um, we gave back the cars, um, you know, the other properties we had. Um, we lost all the, the the finances that we had. Um, I ended up personally bankrupt. Um, so that was one aspect of what happened in that in 2010. The other thing was that the stress that that placed upon me um, and the family, but but you know, taken by me and. Um, the issues around not being able to, 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 you know, go back and contribute in some way physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being kind of sat for seven or eight months with your own thoughts, um, and not being able to do anything was, was, um, you know, left me in a very difficult place. Uh, my mental health, I health suffered.
1: can only imagine.
0: Um, and I, it, 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 kind of came to a head. So in December of 2010, I, uh, i said to my wife that, um, I got up one morning and said, I, I need to, I need to go for a walk. I need to clear my head. I need to kind of think a little bit about what we're going to do next. What our plan is, I, you know, the, that wasn't the truth. The truth was I, I left the home that day. I never intended to come home. Um, I went to some woodland near where we lived um, and I'd made a decision. I was going to take my own life, um, but something happened that day Um when i was sitting there when i made the decision that that's what i was going to do i was just sitting in a clearing in near in some woodland and it was almost as if it was a, a kind of surreal moment but it was almost as if somebody lifted all of those stresses worries and pressures off if you like and then said i'm going to give you a minute to to reflect on on this um without any of that to think about because i i had this sensation of being really calm and ve- really relaxed and you know not under any pressure mm-hmm. very peaceful and I don't know whether that lasted a few seconds or a few minutes but ultimately what it did was it, it led me to ask myself some questions the biggest one being you know I-, I could have died in a car accident eight months ago and I didn't why was that why am I going through all these things right now what's you know what for what reason, why am I experiencing these things? And that kind of got me to start thinking, maybe I should find the answers to those questions or try and find the answers to those questions. So it was, that's what brought me back really was to, to find some answers to those questions. And, and my journey from there on in was never about um, becoming a coach or a speaker or any of those things. It was about finding some answers for myself. Um, and so I, I, you know, I invested everything I had and ta- including time um, in, in pursuing, you know, those answers, you know, trying to develop personally, understanding how we think, why we do the things we do, why often we don't do the things we think we should do or know we should do. Um, what drives our behavior? Um, you know, wh- why do we believe certain things about ourselves and the answers to those questions um, as I started to find them and make changes in in my life, and then share them with people that were close to me, so my wife and my, my children, and you know my close family, and they started to do things, make changes in their life. People started to to notice that, and then ask me if I would share my story. You know, would you come and share what you've gone through? And I, st- I started to do that, um, and then people would approach me afterwards and say that really resonated with me. Do you think you could you could help? Um, uh, you know, help with this thing I'm struggling with, and I, you know, we sat down. I'd share some some uh, some advice, and they'd make some changes. And I suddenly realized I have this saying that I'm. Um, I i do not think we find a purpose. You know, people are people are under a lot of pressure right now. I think to find their purpose. Yeah. I don't think we find a purpose. I think a purpose finds us. I think our only job is to be open to it and take action when it when it presents itself when it says. I'm here, our job is to say, okay, and I'm ready. Um, And that's all that happened. I didn't have any express intention of of doing what I do now at the time. Um, But I was claimed by this is what you should be doing. Um, And I wouldn't change it for the world um, right now. Um, And it's difficult for some people to hear me say some things because I often say I wouldn't change anything that I went through either. Um, and the reason for that, so I, I was on a podcast recently and someone said to me, "You know, what would you tell your, your 18-year-old self? Yeah. And I said, I'd tell them that everything will be okay and everything that happens to you is meant to happen to you and you'll never know when it happens to you what the bigger picture is for that, but trust that there is one and, and it will work out the way it's supposed to. You'll end up where you're supposed to be um, because that's what I believe. And so now when I look back at some of those events, you know, People say, "How can you be grateful that you were almost killed in a car accident?" And I say, "Because if I if I didn't, I might not have been doing what I'm doing now. In fact, I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing now. But also, it might have led me in somewhere else. Those were those were all um, times when uh, you know, however you want to refer to it, the universe, God, whatever <clears throat> it was, they were all times when I was given a a nudge to say." that's not where you should be going that's not yeah, where you should be
1: yeah your purpose is over here let's get you to your purpose so if i have to like he, he like the universe god whoever whatever you're whatever you believe in was trying probably throughout your life trying to nudge you saying look this if then it's not working brother like this isn't where you're supposed to go let's and then he then they were like okay, you're, I'm bringing out the big guns, you know, we're going to do this. Yeah, for <laughs> and, sure. And it now puts you into a place where you're helping a hell of a lot more people because of what you're doing and you're showing them to build and become a better person for them, which yeah. they'll pass on and help other people.
0: And, and you know, I, I, I genuinely believe that, 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 that I, was, I was given opportunities and didn't take them, you know, nudges, you know, chances to move, and I didn't. And so it was a case of, well, you're not going to if you're not going to listen when we, when I give you these ideas, I'm actually going to do something to force you over there. Um, and that's kind of what happened. Um, and and I, I genuinely believe that that's why we end up where we are.
1: I oh, know yeah, I fully like I, I feel that 2020 was my uh, not as grave as yours, but it was a big enough nudge for me to realize, OK, I have to make changes in my life. Um, I had a burnout at the end of 2019 going into 2020. I took time off from my uh, mental health. And, and I just came through, uh, through 2020 because of remote work. I found out that I have a lot more time to do side hustling and figured out that podcasting is my side hustle. So, but I also get to interact with these amazing entrepreneurs like yourself who have these wonderful stories about overcoming these, my mon- in my eyes, monumental events and come out stronger and better and wiser for it so like this is something I'm sharing like if I can make money off it great if not I still get to share these stories with a much large, larger audience so that more people can learn and be be better for themselves because you may not be an entrepreneur you may be a business owner and maybe something resonates with you
0: yeah for sure and I you know I often say that you know when I'm when I'm working with people people say to me you know is there a particular size of company is for a particular industry or, and I say, no, there isn't, there's a, there's an individual. And, it, you know, my job is to find them and help them um, in the same way that I was, you know, I was found if you like. Um, but, but yeah, I, 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 agree. And I think there's lots of similarities, you know, in terms of the way that we look at things between what's happened over the last 14 months and what happened in 2008. Um, you know, I look back now at 2008 and in, in the same time frame so you know I lost a multi six figure business in 2008 and 9 yet in the same time frame as I was losing that business there were people launching businesses that have now gone on to be billion dollar brands and so it cannot have been the environment it cannot have been the economy it can't and yet all I saw was challenges I I, I saw no opportunities in that time I only saw difficulties and so um, you know, the, the thing that I learned massively from then uh, is that, you know, I, I talk a lot about, I try and talk in analogies that allow people to see things the way that I see them. But, you know, if you imagine being at the start line of a, the 110 meter hurdles, when everyone looks up, all they see are hurdles. The difference between those who succeed as an entrepreneur or a business owner and those who don't in those challenging times are, they ask themselves a different question. So for some people those hurdles are in the way. So in two thousand and eight for me they were in the way. That's all I saw. But for other people those hurdles are on the way. Oh, I They're like on that. On the way they to where they want to be, and that's you know that's it's just a, it's a small shift, but it's a huge difference in in what happens to people. Um, you know I I shared something with um, uh, on social media today actually for that came from one of my clients where. Um, he was talking about this idea of how he, how he felt um, after we'd um, uh, we'd spoken at one of our sessions, and we talked about these little, um, these little shifts, if you like. So that you know that type of example where it's a small shift, but it can have a, a, a kind of a huge impact in um, in what you do. And um, it was it was interesting to hear his reflection on something. So. It was just the simple difference between two sentences. So one of the things he said was that um, his his phrase was, I think the problem is there's something wrong with me. And I said, okay, fair enough. And then we did a bit of work together. And then he, he said, okay, I now see that actually that's not the right statement. The statement should be, the problem is, I think there's something wrong with me. And I shared it today because they sound the same.
1: But there's a monumental difference. When, when you understand the power that your words have, you're shifting the blame from you in the first one and saying, no, I'm working on a problem that may not be a real problem.
0: Yeah, for sure. The first one says there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the problem is. The second one says the problem is I think there's something wrong with me. So it's not that there is something wrong with me. There's just a problem that I think there is. Mm-hmm. And if you figure that out, that's a huge shift. And, and so the impact of that in people's lives
1: and businesses is massive. Yet yeah, it's just a small shift. Oh my God. I, that just, I, I'm so thankful. That's like the, uh, I'm not, that's the tease at the beginning that those two words at the beginning of the episode, that's the tease. I already have my hook point for people. Cause I, if I heard that I'm already sold for the episode. So thank you for giving me the easiest hook I, for an episode. Um, but it, yeah, it's the power of words. It's, it's amazing that we're kind of learning more and more people are becoming aware of it. I feel that what you say it has power.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, the problem for most of us, you know, the the way that I've kind of um, uh, learned to understand some of this stuff is that, that, you know, 99% of what we believe about ourselves isn't true. Um, Uh You know, we, we, we develop this belief system usually when we're about five or six years old. So scientifically, you know, if you look at any, Work on this subject. It tells you that you know children form their their belief and their um, uh, uh, personality, their identity by the time they're about six years old, maybe seven at a push. But from that point on, all we ever do is look to validate that the things that we believe about ourselves are the truth. So we only see those things in the world. So when people believe something, that's all they'll ever see. So you know, I again, you know, I've worked with clients who say things like. Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a specific phrase. But they, they, they see things where um, uh, you know, th- that becomes a problem for them. So you know, let's, take, let's take fear of public speaking. Oh, yes, that's uh, a big one. So they, there's, there's beliefs that sit underneath the fear of public speaking, um, which are aligned with things like, um, you know, if I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. So that's, why, one, that's one of the beliefs that sits under that pattern yep. of behavior. Now, the problem with that is that, you know, I've done this with lots of people, um, business owners, and I've said to them, can you think of numerous times where you've made a mistake or failed and not been rejected? And after a few moments of thought, they'll say, yes, yeah, yeah, I I can think of times of that. Okay, so it cannot be true that every time you make a mistake or fail, you will be rejected. No, that's not true. Okay, yet you believe (laughs) that if I make a mistake and fail, I'll be rejected. And so what happens is we ignore, we have what's called confirmation bias. We ignore everything that disproves the belief mm-hmm. and only see the things in our life that prove that to be true. So what we've believed or learned about ourselves as a five or six or seven-year-old child is driving our behavior you know, as, a, as an adult. And so when I'm working with you know a business owner, for example, I often ask them the question, would you take business or life advice from a five-year-old?
1: Apparently, no, Um, I I tend to, to, you know, I love my nephew, um, but I don't think he's experienced enough, you know, in the world. Yet the
0: problem is, that's what we're doing on a daily basis. Every one of us takes business and life advice from our five-year-old self. The things that we believed back then are what are driving our behaviors right now. And that's what's giving us our results. (sighs)
1: I wasn't expecting a whole like woke moment here. That's, that's (laughs) wow. Like, like obviously being doing self-improvement and understanding and learning about myself and where I, I, my purpose is, I intrinsically figured that out, but I'd never had it put into words like you just did. And that's just like a, a heavy hit.
0: Yeah. And, and, and when people, when, you know, I often say that you can, you know, there's ways of knowing things. And often I hear people Um, say, say they, they, you know, they agree with me or, you know, I'll be working with a client and they'll say, yes, I I understand that. But they're only saying I understand it from an intellectual level. And I often say, you know, I've, I've, I've done it myself. I've read things in books and gone, yeah, that makes sense. I understand that, but never, never really understood it. And then when you you, you suddenly hear it, somebody say something exactly the same, but in a slightly different way or even the same words sometimes, um, and, and then it, it suddenly resonates, you suddenly have a deeper understanding of it. And it's like, right, okay, now I get what that means. It's now it's like I mean.
1: you need the experience of life to can really connect the two things. Like if you read, one of my favorite books is The uh, Art of War. And so there's like, you, you read it and you're like, oh, okay, this is why business people read it because it's this amazing like strategy, but rereading it over time every couple of years new lessons pop out to you and you under you connect with it and you're like I did that you you end up creating the examples in your own life so that it makes a better connection for you.
0: Yeah. So I I talk about these three things that you know the the first um, the, the first way of knowing something is cognitively. So intellectually we know something. The second way is to experience it. So we've got an experiential understanding. The third way though is to create or distinguish it for yourself. And when you get to that level it's like, okay, that makes perfect sense now. Not just because I understand it here and I've experienced it on occasion, but now I, I've created examples for myself where I know that that's what that means. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that takes it to a whole new level. You know, I, I, one of the books I started to read, so in fact, the day I came back from, uh, from my walk that day, I picked a book up from the bookshelf, which was Think and Grow Rich.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing book. Yeah,
0: well, I'd read that book about four or five times before that day. Um, and, ne- uh, you know, that's a good example of never really kind of getting it or, or understanding it or implementing it or anything like that. Yet from that day, I mean, I've I I've got several copies of it, but I read it every day. I've been reading it every day since 2010 because that, that every time I read it, I see something else, something else because of my experience, something else. I create something else for me out of that book that then strengthens okay, now I understand what they mean. Now I understand how that applies to, to life or how it applies to business. Um, and the more you, you experience those things, um, the deeper your understanding becomes. Um, and I, I talk a lot about this idea that I don't, I don't ever, you know, clients say to me, you know, I, I've worked with you. you uh, the client I just mentioned today, his last message to me was, you know, you've changed my life. And my answer to that is, I've never, I don't change anybody's life. Um, First of all, I don't do anything. You do all the work. That's the first thing. But the second thing is, I don't believe that we change through personal development. I believe that we reveal. So we reveal who we truly are through personal development. We don't change ourselves. We just remove all the things we thought we should do and be and believe about ourselves. When we strip that away, all that's left is the truth about who we are. So for me, personal
1: development's not about change. It's about revealing. It's about revelation. Changing um, the skin. Uh, yeah. kind of, like humans, you're not the same person. Like you, that incident you had in 20, uh, 2010 versus now, you're nearly two new people because every seven years we shed skin, our our cells change. So you're not the same person you were seven years ago, or like 14 years ago, or like you said, when you were five, you're not the same. Biologically, you're a completely different person with new experiences. So it's true what you're saying, like, you're just helping them, you know, you're the gardener, you're helping prune little things by giving them the tools they need to fully come out and show who they are.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I you know, I, I believe that when you get to that stage and you're able to, um, uh, your passion or your purpose finds you and you're able to um, stand in that space, if you like, uh, and be okay with it, and be comfortable with it, and, and shine your light, that's when things change, when you become, that's when you can serve others, um, and it's that, you know, Jim Rohn says, service to many leads to greatness, um, and that's, for me, that's what it's about, you know, um, I, I talk a lot about, you know, in my early days in coaching, even when I, suddenly, when I first started to realize, okay, this is what I want to do, I did what everyone else does in business. You know, I had to make a living. So I, I went out to try and find clients and, uh, and build a business. Um, but I heard something um, by, by somebody else. And there's two quotes that, that have massively resonated with me over the years. One was by Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. who said, don't aspire to make a living aspire to make a difference and it's, it's on my office wall. It's like, it's the thing that I kind of almost live my life by this idea that, you know, making a difference is what drives me, not making a living, making a living comes from me, making a difference.
1: Um, If you're, you're making a difference, the money will come and support you and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. And the bigger the difference I make, the more the money will come. That's, (laughs) that's the way it works. So, that's the first one. And the second one was this idea that um, I heard from, I'd heard from several people, but really resonated from a a coach of mine. And he said that, um, you know, when, when you consider a lighthouse, a lighthouse doesn't run all around the island, trying to find ships to save. It just stands there and shines its light and it attracts the ships that need it. And I was like, again, you know, you hear things and it's like, okay, that's, I now get that I don't need to be chasing all over the place looking for clients I need to stand and shine on what I do and people will find me because they'll be looking
1: I I, it works that's an amazing thing. And I love how you said a coach of yours, you're showing like, yes, you're you're a coach and you coach others, but you're still open to being coached because you're, like you said, you're not perfect. You're still learning. You're still growing. You're cross-pollinating with other locations because as your business grows, you're attracting other customers or other clients. And maybe you don't know fully about their business, but together they're mentoring you as you mentor them in getting their business in order. So now you have this, template if you will so if ever you have another client similar to him or that person you can help them because you already have it there to help
0: and you know i i I talk about this whole idea that you know we're, we're part of this um this journey our own personal journey which has different phases of it and at different phases you will need different support you'll need different people to help um that's not to say that you outgrow someone or it's just you need somebody different at that point in your in your journey. Um and so I continue to evolve and develop and grow. And therefore I I'm, I'm continually looking for the right people to be able to support that that growth. And if I want to learn something, I'll seek somebody out who I believe has what I'm looking for and, and will be able to I'll be able to learn from them. Yeah. Um and I think that's true or should be true, I think. Whether you're in the coaching space or whether you're just in business, you know, collaboration and connecting with people, you know, I, I learn something every day. If, they, if you know if there's a day goes by, or I ever get to a day where I say, "Okay, I'm done. I I know everything," then you know, I'll know that that's you know the biggest I mistake about. I could ever make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because you know, we, we we can't. We should be learning something every day. We should actively be looking to, you know, how can I. How can I fail today? How can I make a mistake today? What can I learn for myself or from somebody else? Um, uh, and, 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 and for me, that's what, that's what keeps us moving forward.
1: I, what I love about this podcast is I get to learn about something. Usually every day I learn three new things because I have three guests every day. So that's for me, I'm like, I'm like, how can I maximize my learning today? And luckily by talking to amazingly interesting people like yourself and other guests that I have on the show, I get to learn different aspects of coaching because you're a different coach than eight coaches that I had, you know, or interviewed before your different story like you went from being this this uh then that person similar to what i feel i did in my career but luckily i didn't need a i had a, a minor bip to get me back on and i found my purpose if you will sharing the stories of others because it's helping everybody and hell maybe you are the exact coach that's one of my listeners needs and they go he's exact, that story resonates with me. I'm going to reach out to him because, you know, he, I, Phil had him as a guest. So like, that is something I love. So this is great.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, and I think that, you know, that's where you find, you find, um, uh, you find uh, your purpose finds you and then it aligns you with the other parts of what you need in order to find the, the right people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, whenever you need something, it shows up at the right
1: time. It's true. Yeah, it's true, and it's. Uh, oh my god! I just this was like a oh, like a therapy session, a great podcast session. I loved it. It was like a coaching session, you know, without like fully coaching you, just sharing your ideas, and it just helped. I, this is what I love about podcasting. It's one of the best things. Um, so what's next for you and your coaching? Like, what what are you ex- like? What's something you're excited to once COVID? Let's say twenty twenty one, everything's done, vaccinated, the world's great. What's what's your next thing? Like, what what are, what is the then, if you will, of your old statement? Because you already have your happiness. Like, what's next?
0: Yeah. So we we. um uh, one of the things I spent the last um, probably six or seven months of, of of lockdown working on, I've spent probably two to three years doing it, but I really focused over the last kind of six months was that a large proportion of my work is delivered um, face-to-face, um, one-to-one. Um, and, um, you know, I want to I have a bigger impact. Um, so I've been trying to figure out how can we do that? How can we have a bigger impact? Uh, can we work with more people? Um, but there's only me, so we've got limited time. Um, and I always, I always stayed away from doing, uh, having an online program, an online version of, of what we did, because I always felt it, it's, it, it would be too impersonal, and what I did was was quite personal. Mm-hmm. But I, we piloted some things last year, um, uh, where I, I, I kind of, um, so basically this, so about eighty percent or ninety percent of my clients prior to COVID were delivered virtually. Um, mm-hmm. Most of my clients are based in either the US or Europe. I've got some in the UK. Um, and so most of my client work is done like this. And so um, after a period of time, a number of clients were saying, "You know, can- could you record the session and can you send me a copy of it afterwards so that I can co- go back in and use it? And I was like, yeah. And so I, I started to realize that, okay, well, maybe if we if we developed um, a program where it-, it is physically like me coaching, so they still get it's only like they're looking at a screen like this and they answer the same questions. All right, they've got to do the work and they've got to answer the questions. But if we did that and then we give them a platform for them to be able to query things if they didn't understand something, uh, could we get a similar result? Um, and so we piloted that a bit uh, last year uh, and that's kind of our next project. So we're launching um, the first full version of that in April, um, which is will be a, um, a hybrid program, which will be an online version that allows us to reach more people, um, without in, uh, allowing me to, or requiring my input on a, on a one-to-one basis. Um, and the second thing is that, um, in order to reach people and share some of that message and, and for people to find out about it, um, I used to run most of my, my, um, uh, methods of, cl- of client attraction were through speaking or, uh, or either on, you know, events that I ran or other <clears> people's <throat> stages or podcasts and things like this. um, But all of the events that I used to run face-to-face have had to stop. Um, And so we spent a bit of time testing some of those events as well. So I used to run, I've run one-day events, some two-day events. We've tested various bits and pieces, and then we've kind of chopped bits out and put things in to try and get an event that we think fits with people. So over the last three months, uh, four months now since we started testing it, we've been running a a a a three-and-a-half-hour, half-day masterclass once a month on the last weekend of every month. Um, just to allow more people to get access to it we provide some good content in there actionable stuff that people can use and take away um, but it also gives me an opportunity to interact with them and, and, and they can find out a little bit more about the, the program that we're launching so that's kind of really exciting for us that's a next phase um, for us is in terms of um, being able to have a bigger impact and, and make a bigger difference with more people
1: um, uh, across the world that's that's amazing. Like I I was going to ask you like are you like how are you I love how you're like creating the content and it may be generic but there it's actionable advice through examples that you provide so other people are be able to get that correlation and create those connections through their lives instead of yeah. just reading it the example in the book and they're like, this doesn't affect me at all. So I love how you're doing that kind of like a mini Tony Robbins big thing, but specifically for good business owners and that, that's, that's awesome.
0: So, yeah, we're excited to launch that. Um, and, uh, you know, people can find out about that at my website or, or they can reach out to us through social, um, social media where we're on, our, on all the main channels, mm-hmm. um, so Facebook, Instagram, and clubhouse.
1: I love Mm -hmm. Clubhouse. Clubhouse is great. I'm going to start following you. I forgot that you were on Clubhouse. So looking forward to connect on that. Um, So, Dean, I want to thank you so much. We're coming up to the end of the episode. Uh, You already provided us with more wisdom and knowledge throughout this whole episode than I was already expecting. So um, just saying to anybody who's found any value in this, please go check Dean out. His links are in the show notes down below. Follow him because I'm following him and he does post amazing content that actually makes you think and keeps you going and helps you make those connections. So I want to thank Dean for being a guest on the show and uh, Dean, you're always welcome uh, back on the show anytime.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for the invite. You're
1: very welcome. Hey everybody. I am so thankful that I got to talk with Dean and, We've communicated since this episode was recorded. Uh, Please do a favor uh, and go and check out his website. It's very simple, DeanFox.com or DeanFoxCoaching.com. I promise you this will be one of the probably the best investments of your life. So without further ado, guys, remember to invest in yourself.